Sunny, it's mostly dry and hot again. Can't rule out a possible thunderstorm, but a chance stays low. That chance will increase with a disturbance coming down 70s to 80 in the morning tomorrow, followed by sunny to partly cloudy and a hot afternoon high of lower 90s. Feel like temperatures into the 100s. Widely scattered for the morning, scattered uh, possibly likely for the afternoon Sunday. Before and after storms heating up to low 90s, feel like temperatures into the 100s. Thinking about retirement? Make sure a My Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. It's a beautiful, warm, really, really warm day here at the Coolwater Ranch on the North Shore. Beautiful sunshine as I look out the windows. The voice you hear is Marianne Fitzmorris here on the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. It was a big eating weekend here for us, anyway. There was actually a lot of stuff to talk about, uh, not the least of which is that I finally did check out the uh, Hormel hot tamales that I've been threatening to do for weeks and weeks and weeks. It took a while for uh, actual locating of the hot tamales. And uh, I, I think it's probably because I, I, they've changed their packaging. So I wasn't even looking for that particular looking can. And uh, I will, I'll have a report on that as well. Five five six nine six nine six is the number if you want to talk to me. I'm here to do that with you, as we've done here on the Food Show for 33 years, coming up in exactly a month. Cannot believe it. So let's see. Since we last spoke on Friday, we left right after the show and drove to the Crescent City Steakhouse which I had always had kind of a lack of appreciation for because Tom has been really, really high on it. But Tom has a tendency to really, really go for what I call the old farteries, places that have been around since the 30s or the 1800s without really having changed anything. And Tom's gone to the Crescent City for gosh, 45 years on Mardi Gras. And I never did go until a few years ago, I started going with him. And, and I still didn't appreciate it until this past Mardi Gras, when I had a spectacularly delish meal there. It was maybe it's because I had just finally cleared away all of my expectations. And just got into the moment. It could also be that this was the first time I got a fillet instead of sawing off the edges of Tom's um, strip steak, 
which we finally concluded is not really something he likes all that well because I've noticed over the last year or so, he, thro- he, he raves about steaks when they're filet and complains about them when they're stripped. So that may be it. Maybe I was always eating Tom's strip steak because I don't really eat a lot of meat and I don't order my own steak, generally speaking. So this time we got a filet and I got the fries, which were the pinnacle of French fry wonderfulness. They were fried in fresh oil. They were thin. They were uniform. They were golden brown, greaseless. Check, 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 check. And I was just wowed by these fries. And I ordered also Leonese potatoes. And I think we had onion rings. And I, I, I did a report on this, but I just was completely, my opinion of the Crescent City last Mardi Gras was absolutely upended when I saw it for what it was, which is a great place to eat like your mom cooked for you in the 50s and 60s with love in her heart. And it was a great meal. And I went to the Crescent City this time, ready to have that same exact experience. It was kind of a peculiar little event that we did. There's a, the reason we went was that Tom had a fraternity that he was in at UNO, and I don't even remember that. Maybe I want to say Phi Kappa Sig or something. And periodically he would get, you know, correspondence from them. And I read all of Tom's emails now, and I, you know, as part of the business. And I noticed that there was a uh, an email with an event coming up Friday night. And it was, it was an unusual event. And it was something that you would have to, you know, A, know these people. And I didn't know these people, but I did know that there were bunches of people from his fraternity at UNO gathering at the Crescent City at seven o'clock. So I thought it would be fun to go to the Crescent City and let Tom visit with some of these people who he probably would not know, but they would know him. So, it was such a brilliant plan and it, it it just didn't work out that way because we ordered the, they weren't very crowded. There were only like five or six tables. Now people were coming in constantly. We got there really early, like at 5.30. And um, it was, we sat at the table by the bar, which is kind of like my favorite table. I don't know why, but it's the closest one, farthest from the door, closest to the bar. And it's kind of like you can see everybody coming in. So we sat there and uh, ordered the same onion rings that had thrilled me at Mardi Gras. And they were exactly the same. And uh, they they were good. They were perfection. They were not uniform in any way. They were, like I said, if your mom did some fresh onion rings and they weren't presented beautifully they were just crispy and greaseless and perfectly fried with you know maybe a couple little splatches of of uh parsley chopped up that's what it was and it was good 
and I did what I did at Mardi Gras. I did a big pile of ketchup and I indulged. <clears throat> we got the garlic bread, which Tom really loves, which is a classic, you know, 60s version of garlic bread, which you don't see very much anymore. And it was good. So we had those two things and we ate those things. Then Tom was ready to go. <laughs> and there is where the problem came in because we had already ordered uh, a steak. Not only did I order a steak for Tom, but this time I ordered a steak for me, which was extremely unusual and really unfortunate. So I had two steaks coming and I went really kind of nutso on the potatoes because I thought their Leonese potatoes were fantastic and their shoestring fries were incredible. So let's try some more. So I ordered German potatoes, which I'd never had there and didn't even know what they were. And so we had three orders of potatoes coming. We had two steaks and Tom was ready to go. And so uh, the kitchen, I think, was a little slow. Again, same problem, not enough people working. There were people coming in, new people were being seated. There were a couple of bigger parties and the kitchen was a little bit slow. So I, I almost had to tie Tom to the chair to wait out our order. I mean, we could have, I guess, gotten it all boxed up to go, but I was kind of hoping that he would see his fraternity friends and, and visit a little bit. Luckily, and I couldn't believe, because I don't get a lot of breaks these days, uh, the, there was a, a table, a really long table, as you will often see at Crescent City. There were two really long tables set up. One was right next to ours, which turned out to be, luckily, the fraternity table. But we didn't start seeing anyone from the fraternity until, I don't know, about 15 minutes before we got our food, and that was right before we left. So I was expecting the fraternity guys, I guess at 6.30 to start filing in, and they did, but I wasn't expecting us to be chomping at the bit to leave by that time. So one guy showed up, and I felt really stupid kind of calling to him, hoping that he would somehow dissuade Tom from wanting to leave until we could at least get the food. And um, he, was, uh, he, had, he was a graduate from the 80s, so that didn't really help very much. It turned out that most of the guys for the fraternity were younger guys. So a couple of them knew Tom. Tom didn't know any of them. And by the, by the time the table had started to fill up, Tom did not care at all. So luckily, we got the food after a while. Before Tom just left, we did get the food in front of us, and he ate a couple of bites. Uh, we still have most of it in the refrigerator. I had a couple of bites of mine. The fries uh, looked good. They they were good. I didn't get a chance to savor them like I did at Mardi Gras. The Leonese potatoes are actually really, really good. And devil be damned, I ate those. Uh, the German potatoes arrived a little bit late. What they are is kind of interesting. I uh, didn't try them at all. It was a bit of a ruckus trying to get out of there. It was a potato, it was described to us. Um, it was a new waiter we had, so he wasn't really clear on what they were, but he described them as red potatoes. They were definitely not red potatoes. What they were is a white potato in a slice of about an inch to an inch and a half thick across, and then deep fried as a slab of potato. 
I didn't really understand that. I didn't have time to question it. I didn't know what the story was behind it, but it didn't matter because we needed to go and quick. So we got a chance to talk to Anthony and to Frank, the two sons of Krasna, who we dearly love, and it was nice to visit with them. Uh, it was a fine evening. It would have been a much better evening if Tom had been wanting to stay. That was kind of the, the big problem. But uh, there was nothing wrong with the food. There was a little service issue, but I think this is you know almost universal in restaurants right now and um you know it affects some worse than others we had our adorable bus girl shanika who we met at mardi gras whose story is that she lives in the neighborhood around the block and wanted to work at crescent city since she was a little girl so she came knocking on the door as soon as she was of legal age and has been working there ever since She's very cute, and she took care of us as she did last time. And that is the story about Friday, Crescent City, starting off the eating weekend. We followed that with a visit to Commanders the very next night, and I'll tell you more about that after the break, 556-9696. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. And it's crawfish season. Having a boil? Bring your ice chest to Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Tom. Uh, we had a great... Oh, by the way, I want to mention that Mandeville Seafood is the sponsor of Fish School, which you will be hearing in the next hour. Also in the next hour, we have Margot Brignac coming up at three o'clock. She is a most interesting woman. Um, she has a coffee company and it's a, a small batch, small place. And uh, a lot of, she's got a lot of good stories and a lot of good stuff to impart. And we met her on Friday as well. So three o'clock, Margot Brignac from Flam Joe Coffee. So we have a dear, dear friend, a dear, dear friend who has been around in our inner circle since the kids were little. We have kids the same age. We go back at least 23, 4, 5 years. And uh, he lives in western Louisiana and has his, uh, his kids are here. One of them is here and he was watching the dog for one of them and brought the dog back and he and a friend joined us at Commander's on um, Saturday evening. 
And I was, I was really kind of nervous about this because the Crescent City brilliant plan turned out to be um, what we used to call in the um, pyrotechnics world, shoo shoo. And, um, and so I was wondering if Tom was going to make it, you know, for the whole evening. So I called our friend and said, look, just FYI, we're going to come, but don't know how long we're going to be there. So we went at uh, early, we got there pretty early. And um, I just, you know, I've, I've said from the beginning, I'm not among the real devotees of commanders. I'm just, I'm just not. And um, I think that commanders had a heyday many years ago and has not been the same since then. They came back strong after the hurricane. It was a beautiful new renovation. It was a festive high water mark for them. And uh, we've been only a few times since then. Now, Tom has gone a considerable amount more than me. But uh, I, I mean, honestly, I'm a little embarrassed to say this because it is commanders after all. But uh, we haven't been since 2017 in the summer. And it was odd because, and this is a Marianne thing, not a, Tam, a Tom thing. Tom did not eat the barbecue, but they had some barbecue thing around the 4th of July back in 2017. And we went just to see how commanders did barbecue. And again, I stick to my rule, which is certain things should not be gourmet. And when you do gourmet them, it is always a little peculiar. Five five six nine six nine six. If you have any comments on Commanders, I would love to hear your take on it. This is mine. So uh, we went at about, I guess, five thirty six o'clock. Ran into Angela Hill, as we seem to always do at Commanders Palace. It's weird. And there she was as we walked in. I went, "Oh, come on!" You know. So uh, we chatted for a minute or two and went to our respective tables. The uh, amuse-bouche we started with the well start with the garlic bread which to me is the best part about commanders i know that sounds absurd but that is actually my real opinion and uh the garlic bread was every bit as perfect as it always has been i was um i was embarrassing in my attempts to um monopolize it usually when it comes to the table i go okay this is mine you need some more for everybody else. But um, but I didn't actually eat that much garlic bread. I mean, um, I've, done, I've done much, much, much worse damage to their garlic bread um, stash in previous visits. So the amuse-bouche was, uh, there were two, and one of them was a tuna tartare on a little crostini. And the other was a sourdough beignet with uh, caviar and prosciutto. I don't eat raw, so Tom got the tuna tartare. Everyone at the table thought it was good. I ate the beignet with the caviar because I do eat caviar. I don't seek it out, but I don't pass it to Tom as I did with the tuna tartare. Uh, 
And it was fine. I mean, it was really nothing special. It was okay. I mean, I thought I would really love anything that has sourdough in it, but it was just, you know, it was fine. It was okay. So one of us got a romaine salad and the other got a turtle soup, bowl of turtle soup. It was a favorite of the person who ordered the romaine salad. So that's what she got. And also the turtle soup was a favorite of our friend and um, they were both very satisfied. I got appetizers because at a place like that, I find the appetizers more interesting usually and I can sample more things. So, but I mean, I was kind of familiar with like the shrimp henequen, which has been on the menu for a long, long time. Tom got a pork belly oyster dish, which seems odd and frankly was odd, but um, if it had oysters, it belonged in front of Tom. That was the only oyster dish we saw on the menu and that's what he got. I thought the pork belly was, um, it was very meaty. It was not particularly fatty, but it was not really a strong statement of any kind. It was just a, it was a cube of pork. That was it. Uh, Tom liked this dish a lot and uh, that was great. I got a, um, I was torn between the new dish on the menu, which was a crab nudie and the duck confit with cornbread. I love duck confit. If duck confit is done well, it is a, it is a thing of beauty in my book. And um, tastes good too. So um, I was hoping that that was the case here. To me, a duck confit that is really the pinnacle of what a duck confit should be is, first of all, really braised almost to a debris point. This is my opinion of what a duck confit should be. Maybe yours is not the same. But uh, it, well, it should be braised to almost oblivion, but still on the bone, just as tender as can possibly be. And the skin should be crisp. So that contrast is really an important part of duck confit. There should also be, you know, sort of, a, I won't say a gravy, but at least a moist sort of au jus somewhere there. This was a stack of cornbread. It was like maybe a, a cross of cornbread. And there was a pile of duck confit on top. And I, I don't know that I would call it a duck confit because it was not especially braised. It was soft morsels of duck meat. That were fine. They were not, they were, they were exactly the right texture. They were, you know, it should be really soft. It should be really easily edible. It was good in that regard. There was something on top of it, but it was unmemorable to the point where I don't remember it. 
And uh, after I got past the duck confit, or the duck, because I don't really consider it too much of a confit, when I got past the duck, the cornbread was sort of dry and stale. I was underwhelmed by this dish in reality. It sounded great, but was not what I was hoping from the dish. So we had the oyster pork belly and the pork belly. We had the uh, duck confit. And I got the nudie for an entree, which was essentially pillows of pasta with um, crab meat, cream sauce, miscellaneous microgreens, and other little bits of green interspersed in there. And that was good too. Was it great? No. Do I need to get it again? No. Uh, but it was certainly fine. It was the new dish on the menu. There were a couple of new dishes that were on the menu as a result of the changing of the guard in the kitchen where Tori McPhail left at the end of December to take a position, I think, in Colorado or Wyoming, somewhere out there. And uh, Meg Bickford, who is... Um, the new chef, the new executive chef, is the first female executive chef. It's an all-female hierarchy now at Commanders. It's T. Martin and Lally Brennan, the cousins, and they've been doing it for a long time, but now Meg Bickford has succeeded Tori McPhail. So <clears throat> for those people for whom that sort of thing matters, there is an all-female hierarchy now at Commander's Palace. Meg Bickford is adorable. She came to the table. We had a nice little chat. We talked a little bit about her new things on the menu. And I will continue after the bottom of the hour news now from the Louisiana Radio Network. It's 2.30. We'll be back. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorington. The Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office believes they've solved a 44-year-old cold case murder. Matt Duell has the story. LPSD spokesperson Brennan Mathurn says 78-year-old Chester Vegas of Cunoff has been arrested in a case that began in October of 1977. Back in 77, when they arrived, they discovered the body of Diane Vegas inside the restaurant. She had a single gunshot wound to the back. While Chester Vegas was always a suspect, they couldn't prove it until new information was discovered last year. We've made a number of cold case murders arrest over the years but it uh you know this one has definitely been the one that uh, has been out there the longest i'm matt doyle lafayette police say 22 year old artelis andreas was arrested after a shooting by an unidentified suspect struck his vehicle on i-10 and west baton rouge parish friday night andreas is a suspect in a shooting at the lafayette police department parking lot that injured three Shots were fired at six individuals. He faces six counts of attempted first-degree murder, LRN. This summer, the COVID-19 vaccine is your ticket to hit the road. Explore Louisiana and get in free at all state parks. That's right. Choose to get the COVID-19 vaccine and you'll get free admission to all state parks this summer. So let's bring back those fun-filled Louisiana road trips by choosing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Call 1-855-453-0774 or visit covidvaccine.la.gov. 
Offer good through July 31st, 2021. Domestic abuse is not often talked about, but help is available. Domestic violence is behavior that controls and isolates you. Call the Louisiana Domestic Violence Hotline. There is no obligation or judgment. Just advocates like me, ready to assist you with safety planning, protection orders, housing, and other services to help keep you safe. Take the first step towards a better future. 888-411-1333. It's free, confidential, and available 24 hours. 888-411-1333. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they've come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.funkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on June 18th, it's the Riverbenders, and on June 25th, Randy Jackson from the band Zebra. For more information on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. True enough. 556-9696 if you want to talk to me. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris here to you, talking to you on the food show. We have at 3 o'clock um, Margot Brignac coming up from Flamjo Coffee to talk about uh, coffee and her own journey to uh, being an artisan roaster. So I think that in all fairness to commanders, the ordering that commenced that evening was not representative of what a gourmet establishment like commanders can offer. I'm looking at the menu that we took and the descriptions of the dishes are quite extensive and they read like this. The pond and pasture was grilled tenderloin of milk-fed veal with lemongrass and green garlic marinade over Brobridge crawfish tails with late spring zephyr squash, Louisiana field peas, tomato, popcorn rice, and sticky tamarind trotter jus. So we got pecan-crusted fish, prosecco-poached jumbo lump crab over roasted corn, spring asparagus, grilled kale, and melted leeks with whiskey-spiked crushed corn cream. That's a decent amount of gourmet uh, items in there as well. Uh, that is what three people at the table got. So the uh, crusted fish could have been drum last night, which is what two of the three got. And uh, Tom got the crusted fish sheep's head. And I had a few bites of this. It was delicious. It was really good. 
Um, but these other things that are, you know, probably an inch and a half long in description um, might have been a better, a better choice. Um, you know, we could have had like the wild Louisiana white shrimp curry, anchois citrus glazed Gulf shrimp with fire roasted cauliflower, sweet potatoes, petite carrots, sweet peas, and crispy artichokes in a citrusy spiced coconut curry broth. So, you know, we didn't get we didn't get some of the more gourmet items. My confit and cornbread was citrus cured duck confit, sticky, smoky creole tomato preserve, and sweet chilies on warm bacon fat cornbread with green garlic, buttermilk, and a sunny side up quail egg. So Dick Brennan, the late great Dick Brennan, who Tom often quoted, as you know, if you've listened to this show for a long time, um, had a saying that I, <laughs> that I quote a lot, and I love it, and it's true, and I'm sad to say, I kind of feel like it's true of the food being served at his own restaurant now. It is, you get too many ingredients and you put it all together and it all tastes like nothing. And I'm not saying that it was a bad taste. I'm just saying that as I read these ingredients, which are legion, uh, I, I don't get any distinct flavors of any of these things that come together in a way that makes my mouth dance which is what you expect when you read a list of things like that. At least that's what I expect. And, and I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of dancing happening that night. So anyway, Meg Bickford comes to the table to say hello. And she's extremely personable. She's very cute. And um, she uh, talked to all of us. And I asked her about a couple of things on the menu that... I found intriguing, and um, she asked what we got, and I guess she was disappointed when we all said the pecan-crusted fish, but I told her that I had gotten the nudie because uh, it was new on the menu and because I wanted to eat that way. Tom got the braised pork belly oysters, corn-fried gulf oysters with sh shaved meloton, sugar snap peas, pear, and daikon radish slaw with noak mom chimichurri and green garlic bang bang yeah i didn't try that i let tom i had some of the pork belly from that but it didn't it didn't pop like you would expect all of those flavors to make it so and as i said about the the cornbread and the the confit that was described as citrus cured duck confit, sticky, smoky Creole tomato preserve, and sweet chili on warm bacon fat cornbread with green garlic, buttermilk, and a sunny side up quail egg. Again, didn't get all of those flavors. And I just think whenever I see something like that, I, I laugh in, you know, his, 
words sort of play in my in my head. Anyway, it was not a bad meal at all. Not at all. That is not my implication here. It was a perfectly fine meal. It's just not the way you would expect to feel leaving a place of such renown as commanders. Now, I don't know if that's because they're suffering the same sort of shortages that everyone else is. I will tell you that the service in the dining room was, uh, you know, it's interesting. I have been to a number of places, not a lot, you know, a handful, since we've started moving out of COVID this spring. And uh, there are vestiges of that problem everywhere manifesting itself different ways. But there is a way that it is manifesting itself in enough places that I would consider it um, unfortunate and too frequent that maybe it's a thing. The plates sit in front of you for an extended period of time. This happened at Arno's. It happened last Saturday night. And that's the kind of thing, you know, I have to say that that thing might annoy me more than anything else that happens in a restaurant. And I expect that sort of thing at a place like Chimes. I do, I expect it at Chimes. But I definitely don't expect it at Arno's or Commander's. And I was really surprised to see that at both of those places. Those are the ones that stick out. I'm trying to remember, we've been to Galatoire's also in this period of time. And I don't recall having that thought at Galatoire's. So maybe it's not happening there. But it it was... It was um, a really big surprise at Arno's and an even bigger one at Commander's. Let's go to Steve. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm, you know, doing. Yeah, hey. okay. <laughs> I'm not buying this service baloney from good restaurants. I think you, if you're a good restaurant, I can understand the, the bringing it out to you may be a little slow. But damn it, if I'm gonna pay those kind of bill, you know, yeah. costs, then make the food what it's supposed to be. Well, you know what's interesting about that? First of all, I do believe it is a I do believe it's a COVID employee shortage issue. I do believe that. I, I want to think that that's what it is, and it's not that the standards have slipped in five star restaurants to the point where that's acceptable. I don't want to think that. I don't think that it has not happened everywhere okay it has not happened everywhere. that's why i don't buy it yeah so but here's the thing that's interesting you know when we go to a place like um well you know new orleans food and spirits comes to mind i've seen I this at a there. number of what no I but you know what's funny about like that? that you know what's funny about that it doesn't happen there it. it doesn't yeah. happen there what yeah. what you see there is the manager bussing tables and he has told us he's annoyed that he's bussing tables but he's yeah. in fact still bussing tables because tables need to be bussed so 
I, I find it interesting that in places like what we're talking about, you're seeing that when there are certainly enough people in the dining room and I'm wondering if the managers in the dining room, of which there tend to be a lot more and maybe too many in a place like that, I'm wondering oh, if the managers just don't want to bust the tables yeah. and, and that's accepted that's there. I don't, yeah. I'm, don't buy it from the restaurant that's charging you that much. Get it done. I mean, New Valaris was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the girl that was waiting was, had been there for two weeks. So she mm-hmm. was new, but she was on top of it and really mm-hmm. good. The bus people were good. The food was fantastic. Yeah. There's, you know, I'm just not buying it that it's, you know, it's somebody else's fault. Well, that's, you know, you're, you're asking me to pay this much, then you get the job done. My other comment was cornbread. My wife makes cornbread. She uses the Jiffy cornbread mix. That's the best. Put, I'm sorry. <laughs> puts, puts in a can of Mexicorn uh-huh. and follows the recipe. She heats up the, the hot iron skillet in the oven, puts a little oil in there, drops the cornbread mix in there, cooks it for however long the time is, and pulls it out, and it blows all of those out the water. I have nev- I haven't in a quite a while, had cornbread at a restaurant that I went, this sucks. It's, you know, I agree with you because now, okay, so you know what? I haven't gotten to my Hormel thing yet, okay? Because we're going to we'll probably do that at the bottom of the, the second hour. But it's part of that whole thing where you revisit your youth. And um, right. Jiffy Cornbread was what I grew up with. And I've had some great cornbread, but I haven't had any cornbread that I've either made or I just there. It's right up at the top still. Now I'm I'm gonna have to go back now and get Jiffy cornbread and make it just because I I want to be clear that these memories are intact. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's the fancy cornbread. It goes with my rule of don't gourmet something that shouldn't be gourmet. Well, uh, uh, one of my favorite places to go eat, Pancha Train Pool Boy. Mm-hmm. Hey, wait, have you been? Have you been since the renovation? No, Did you no, go I since haven't. we talked? I okay. No, I haven't. Right. But their butter beans were fantastic. They their are. Cornbread was eh. The, oh no! See, yeah. I like their cornbread. Yeah. I am sure their cornbread is a mix. I mean, I'm not sure. I I, I didn't would imagine. Look for the package, but, but, it's but I think dry, it's yummy. It's thin. It's, you know, it's cakey. I like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's not as good as Susan's, you know, and I Susan, believe like I said, it. the only thing Susan does that's different is puts in a can of Mexicorn. I believe it. I, I totally believe it. Jiffy cornbread is a really good product. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, you know, you obviously you can't do that in a place like Commander's, but I think in this case, not? the cornbread was just maybe a little stale. <laughs> Well, because why people would scream good? and have it. Because if somebody saw that, it would be up on Instagram right away. Well, then put it in a big old <laughs> container and get 45 boxes of it and put them in a big old container. You know what I mean? I'm sorry if you yeah. can't do it as good as the, 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 the packaging, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, just... I'm much more focused on this service thing at these places because I, I am... I'm going to start paying more attention to that. I'm, I'm definitely, we have dinner this week over there again. And, uh, and I'm going to start paying, I'm not saying until after. Over where again? Uh, On the South Shore. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. All right. Well, and, you know, I'm just I'm just not buying that if the if you in, in these high dollar places if you can't make the food good I can I can forgive the the waiters and the bus people having a little bit of trouble but you know that's that's your job is to make the food. I, I didn't say the food wasn't good. The food was good. But you the said food some was, of it was eh. The some food was, was no no that's not right. No, like the food thought. was good, but it was. In the 90%, you know, yeah. it's like 89 or 90, 89 sure. or 90, but it was but not something. Wow. prices, better be in the top two. You know? Well, no, not really. I, I, I don't, I think all of those places occupy a certain level where the prices are about the same, the service is about the same, the food is about the same, but I was really not impressed enough for it to be at that level is yeah, what I'm saying. Exactly. Now, again, this could be a COVID thing, but I honestly don't think that's what it is. I don't either. I think they've, I think they've taken a, a different path from the previous generation, and I think that they are courting, um, they're charting a different path is what I think. It's yeah, not a path be. that I'm going to be on with them. But, I hate um, to tell you, but we're in it, you know, over 60 is not who most of these places are focusing on anymore. Totally, you know? totally agree. But you know what? Places like Antoine's and Arno's have been doing the same thing since the 1800s, and they've yeah. managed to stay around by oh, courting yeah. an excellence that people of any age should appreciate. I agree, and that's what and I'm that's saying. It. The excellence, I don't that's buy. It. It's a COVID problem. The excellence okay. is well. I can't know. get up here and say I'm. I'm cutting everyone some slack because I'm not the one running the restaurant, trying yeah. to get, trying to fill the hole of somebody who's just walked off the job when their check got deposited. And I have heard stories about that. Yeah. I've actually sure. heard stories that people are just quitting as soon as they see on their phone that their check's been deposited. That's yeah, tough. Well, That's yeah. tough for anybody. So, yeah, all right, is, I got to go break. Bye. I'm sorry, white guy? You had fish up? Did he leave? I think he left. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to push you out off the cliff, Steve. I just wanted to say let's wind it up. 5569696 five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'd love to talk to you. I'm here, ready to do that, just like we have for a long, long time. We'll be back. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville. 985-845-2348. Autumn in New York. Why does it seem so inviting? You know, it's probably uh, cooler than this. That would be my, my guess. It's cooler than this in autumn in New York. 556-9696 five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. Margot Brignac is coming up at 3 o'clock to talk about coffee. And she has some most interesting tales, I will say that. So we are talking about Commander's Palace, and I don't know what to say other than um, I think it's a pretty ordinary 
experience for a top level restaurant. And that's not all that different from what I've said for a number of years. I don't know that Tom would agree, but Tom did agree this evening. I will say this, <clears throat> the service in all bread and restaurants has always been one of the most, if not the most outstanding thing about the restaurant. Brennan's No Service. I know I've told this story before. It's one of my favorite of all time stories. We had the kids at Mr. B's when they were little and a spoon wound up flying in the air and a waiter caught it mid-air and gave it back to Jude because that's how many waiters are on the floor ready to attend to your every whim. That is a Brennan trademark. It always has been. I hope it always will be. And I think it always will be. The other night, I was sad to walk into Commander's Palace and see missing what I think was the single most distinctive thing about that restaurant, besides the garlic bread, of course. I always felt like everyone should experience Commander's if you want to feel like a rock star. And even if you don't care about feeling like a rock star, because I really don't, um, it's just a fun thing. It's like you walked in to Commander's and you, regardless of whether you were actually going to a party, you were going to a party. Because the people that were in the front foyer there, ready to receive you, walked as a group, like your own personal entourage, walked you to your table. And everyone was happy and festive. And I was like, oh, this is going to be super fun. And that was, to me, the most defining characteristic of Commander's Palace. And, and maybe the single reason I would always look forward to going. That was not the case. I, and I am blaming COVID for this. I am blaming COVID for this. And I hope it will come back as time goes on because you can't have an entourage with two people. You need six people for an entourage. And, uh, and I hope that that is just a function of where we are at this moment in time. But, um, <clears throat> but it was super cool. It was the first time I've been there in a very long time that that was not the case. I want to give a shout out before I close out the Commander's Review. I want to give a shout out to Jared and to Dylan, who were the two waiters who were supervising things at our table. There's always a number of waiters that appear at your table from time to time in any Brennan restaurant. They just seem to have a number of captains and second tier and third tier, but Dylan and Jared were exemplary. I, I cannot stress that enough with an, a capital E. So uh, congrats to commanders for having them in their employ. And, uh, <clears throat> and I, I am especially grateful to them 
and they know why. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, here to do that with you. Talk about food. We will not be talking about commanders or any of our weekend festivities or the hot tamales uh, until we finish talking to, um, to uh, Margot Brignac, who has her own good stories to tell. Just a little preface on her. As we get to the top of the hour, Margot Brignac was in uh, the coffee business for a number of years and started roasting her own at a teeny tiny little place in uh, downtown Mandeville. I stumbled upon it riding my bike past it one day and wondered what it was. It is spelled F-L-A-M-J-E-A-U-X. So in that one word... She managed to, <laughs> to group kind of an astonishing number of plays on words and uh, Cajun spellings. And uh, just it's, it's kind of like almost a record. She should get an award just for the, the name of the place, Flam Joe Coffee. And uh, it is a teeny tiny, like the size of your bedroom roasting operation with one roaster but it is um it's it's got high hopes and she is making some real inroads into getting into stores and uh it's i i look forward to seeing where she goes with this but it is a, a fun little place and i don't know real i won't say i don't know anything about coffee i do know about coffee i don't drink coffee but i do know that it is a a most interesting agricultural product and um, it is certainly subject to the vagaries of nature. And she will tell a fun story about a coffee from India that is, it's, it's, it's endless and it's so detailed and intricate. So when people can make the most of these kinds of nuances in their product and celebrate them it is a product to be celebrated and i think that's what she's doing i'm sure that's what a lot of uh i call <clears throat> i'm sorry to all of you coffee nerds that's what i call you coffee nerds uh and they really are pretty intense coffee nerds Anyway, she is one of them. I hope she is not offended by that. But I think that they would all agree to that. It's, it's when you become obsessed with every little detail about something that has a lot of details. And it's kind of fun to listen to. So I'm looking forward to, this, to talking to her. And I hope you will stay tuned and uh, listen for that. I want to mention that it is the 75th anniversary of WGSO. They've been 75 years, the community voice of the Crescent City. They've also been the only locally owned news talk station in town. They are now a 501c3 charity as designated by the IRS. So we would love for you to participate in the 75 for 75 campaign. Go to the website, which is brand new and wonderful. It's called WGSO.com. You will see a description of all of the shows and the hosts, although not the food show, because I never did get them the right information. There's a yellow button there. It is a donate button. 
says donate. If you click it, your donation will be tax deductible. It is the 75 for 75 campaign that we are asking you to participate in. And if they raise $75,000, as they will be, that's the goal for the entire year this campaign is going on, it will be used to create uh, new and wonderful improvements across the station. So please go to WGSO.com and click on the button that says donate. And we will be back after the top of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. And we'll be talking to Margot Bragg about Flam Joe Coffee. 556-9696-WGSO, New Orleans. It's 3 o'clock. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden is delivering remarks in Brussels. He's in the capital of Belgium meeting with other world leaders at the NATO summit. I had the honor of leading off the discussion. And I pointed out that we're facing a once in a century global health crisis. At the same time, the democratic values that undergird our alliance are under increasing pressure. Russia and China are both seeking to drive a wedge in our transatlantic solidarity. But our alliance is a strong foundation. A firefighter is being treated for minor injuries after a massive explosion at a chemical plant in Illinois. Rockton Fire Chief Kirk Wilson saying about 70 employees safely escaped the facility before crews arrived. A mandatory evacuation order was issued as the fire continues to burn at the ChemTool Incorporated plant just north of Rockford. You're listening to USA Radio News. Join me, George Norrie, for the Worldwide Contact in the Desert Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to June 28th. Contact in the Desert is an epic weekend of adventure jam-packed with exciting explorations into UFOs, ancient civilizations, AI, crop circles, forbidden archaeology, disclosure, and the newest evidence of ongoing contact, sightings, and leading-edge science. This amazing weekend delivers more than 130 presentations and special events showcasing 67 speakers from all over the world with two extra weeks to view your favorite leading experts, including Avi Loeb with Clyde Lewis, Linda Moulton Howe, Paul Hellyer, John Lear, Russell Targ, David Childress, Doc Wallach, and more. With breaking articles in the New York Times and acknowledged naval sightings, and more importantly, the new release of classified documents on the day of the soft opening of Contact in the Desert, we are your source for inside information. Join us June 25th at contactinthedesert.com to get your tickets today. Make contact, contactinthedesert.com. Vice President Kamala Harris is in South Carolina talking vaccines. Harris saying vaccines are safe and available for everyone in the United States. The vaccines have gone through FDA clinical trials, and the FDA has said they are safe to use. They went through the trials. The Biden administration continuing to make their push to have 70% of all Americans with at least one COVID-19 shot by the 4th of July. Unusual activity at a nuclear power reactor in China has drawn the eye of the United States. The U.S. government has spent the past week looking into a report of a leak at a Chinese nuclear power plant after a French company that part owns it warned of an imminent radiological threat. The warning accused the Chinese safety authority of raising the acceptable limits for radiation detection outside the Taishan nuclear power plant in the Guangdong province. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Prime. This is USA Radio News. Look, bud, 
I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. The new Edgar Bergen Hour with Charlie McCarthy. Now, if you say help me, I'll mow you down. Three hours a day, seven days a week of the greatest radio shows of all time. Classic radio theater. Available on many of these radio stations or available on demand anytime at any podcast app by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. A Baltimore man who thought he was having a heart attack is apparently okay after stealing a city ambulance. When medics arrived at his home, the 38-year-old allegedly hopped in the ambulance and tried to drive himself to the hospital this morning. Police say he was having a medical crisis and the ambulance wasn't damaged. COVID variants continuing to cause havoc across the United States. The Delta variant of the coronavirus currently accounts for about 10% of the COVID infections in the U.S., something that Dr. Scott Gottlieb says is likely to go up. The former Got a few clouds tonight. Tomorrow it's mostly sunny, it's mostly dry and hot again. Can't rule out a possible thunderstorm, but a chance stays low. That chance will increase with a disturbance coming down 70s to 80 in the morning tomorrow, followed by sunny to partly cloudy and a hot afternoon high of lower 90s. Feel like temperatures into the 100s. Widely scattered for the morning, scattered to possibly likely for the afternoon Sunday. Before and after storms heating up to low 90s. Feel like temperatures into the 100s. Thinking about retirement? Make sure a My Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. Food show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. Looking to talk food with you. If you would like to call 556 9696. If you would like to talk to our guest who is here now, I hope. Is she there with us, Tony? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Margo. Margo Brignac is with us. She is the owner, uh, proprietor, roaster. What else do you do, Margo? <laughs> uh. Delivery driver, <laughs> sales, uh, deliveries, troubleshooting, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Grocery I love your getter. name. I said that you, I don't know if you heard me introducing you in the, in the last hour. I said that you managed to hit, it's like the most inventive name I've ever heard. You managed to double play double words it's it's kind of an all-encompassing double play on words. I, I, how long did it take you to come up with Flam Joe Coffee? Uh, from oh, what it, point? Oh. It, was, uh, it was a task. I, I, I struggled with a lot of names, and um, I was actually talking with a friend of mine. Well, not who, as bad as you might think, or better. Tom is here. Tom drops in every now and then, and I'm going to set him up with a headset. So he'll stop talking when you're talking. So, okay. so go ahead. 
That doesn't, I'm, that's not a promise. That's not a given, but we're just going to try. So go ahead. Okay. That's fine. At least I know what it All is right. now. Um, so a friend of mine um, who had moved to uh, Mississippi after Katrina was displaced there and thought he might stay a while and told me that he was going to open or, or build a, a bar in the back of his property, and he was going to call it Flambo. And I thought, well, that's a cool name. It, you know, brings that element to Mississippi and, you know, uh, comfort to him. And then I just started thinking about it later, and I thought, wait a minute. Flambo, that's flames, and Joe is coffee. All I would need to do is change <laughs> one letter, and it uh-huh. makes perfect sense. It does. Uh, because coffee is roasted over a flame, and, uh, and you know, the flames, uh, you know, for, for our flambo. So, to me, it was just a fun way to pay homage to my hometown. Yes. And, right. I, and I, I love the fact that, you know, it, Joe is coffee. And Joe, J-E-A-U-X, is what we make everything that has an O sound in the snack right. of the woods. And it's just like, wow, she hit, she hit it out of the home run, you know, with all of that. <laughs> Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a very cute name. Okay, so tell us who you are. This is Margo Brignac. She is the owner of Flam Joe Coffee. Tell us tell us your background. Mm-hmm. Pick up. Uh, well, um, I'm from the New Orleans area. Um, not proper, but as everyone says, if you're from Metairie or Kenner or anywhere in New Orleans. And um, I was, uh, my coffee itch actually began in um, when I was working for CC's in Baton Rouge. I had uh, worked for Kinko's for about 13 years, and uh, it had come to an end with that company, and uh, I kind of wanted something similar. And CC's hired me right off the bat as the general manager for their flagship location because I had a sort of manufacturing experience and management experience. And... um, at the time, CCs would take you through a week-long training orientation for anyone that they hired. And I'm not certain if they do that anymore, uh, but for me, it, it's where the, the seed was planted. And even though I only worked for them a year, I, I took that coffee knowledge that I had, and I was so curious about it that I applied it and used it in every job I had after that because it was in food service. And I've been in food service now for over 20 years. And, um, and so eventually, of course, at CC's, it, you know, I learned barista skills and I learned a lot about the coffee industry. Uh, I never made it to the roasting plant, however, which is ironic. And um, so when I uh, decided, fast forward many years, that I wanted to uh, help people understand more about coffee after working in a coffee shop helping a friend who had opened one here on the North Shore, uh, I, I decided I, I needed to um, do something about that. So I, I uh, decided I needed to roast coffee and, and learn. And that's okay, what I let, did. Let me interject something here. Let me ask you something. I feel like coffee is, is like, you know, I would say it's like wine or cheese or anything, and you would have to sort of have had that passion much earlier but not necessarily i mean you it was a, your coffee passion i assume you've you've been a coffee drinker your whole life huh 
Yes. Well, okay. I started in college, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then when you got the job at, uh, well, you worked at Community, you said, right? Mm-hmm. CC's. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so CC's was your community, um, your entrance into the community world. But before that, you said you worked for, did you say a coffee company? Oh, no, I worked for Kinko's. Oh, no, Kinko's. okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So then you shifted totally when you started working at CC's. Okay. So was yeah. that where your, so your coffee, it was ignited at that time. And, and you didn't really have any experience though, it just as a, except as a barista, right? Well, not even that. It was just more manufacturing, understanding, you know, customers and customer service and manufacturing a product. It didn't matter if it was a coffee or a coffee drink. It's kind of the same thing. Okay. And and they, they liked that. They liked that okay. I, I, I could work it like in an assembly line sort of thing, you know, but they were going to teach me what they wanted me to know, uh-huh. you know. All right. And so then, so when did you first get jazzed? When did the bug really hit you was was it the 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 cc's training because that would seem to me that would be sort of a generic kind of thing i don't know how you would have gotten really hit by the coffee bug because we're talking intense kind of nerdiness with coffee coffee roasters you know i mean when you start looking at places in the world and how each one of those places produces a different kind of bean that's intense. So I know that they didn't teach you that at CC. So when did you get that feeling where, wow, I got to learn all of this that I can? Uh, it was at the Scots. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I, okay. I was working there and I, um, I wanted to, I wanted my customers to be as excited as I was about the coffee mm-hmm. and I would offer them their coffee. They would ask me for the coffee and I'd say, okay, well, which kind would you like? We have a beautiful, you know, dark roast today from Colombia. It's this, or we have this Mexico. And they'd say, I just want whatever has the most caffeine. In it. And I'd say, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know how much trouble these people go to to yeah, really. produce this coffee and how much yeah. they're paying for it. And, uh-huh. and so I was in that I decided, well, you know, I really, I really want to, I really want to do something that's going to help people learn more about coffee. Those people who already appreciate it, but, but maybe even convert some people who, who don't know they like it. And, um, and so that's when I decided to uh, go off on my own. And the only way that I could do that was to learn more about roasting myself yeah. and, um, and learning how to roast, excuse me. And um, so that, that was where the bug got more intensified because once I started digging into the roasting part of it, I already knew a lot of everything else. I, I knew how to barista, build drinks, and train people, and talk to customers. And, and that part of it was more operational. This was more yeah. um, where it all begins. Yeah. 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 All, right, all so the origins. The, the Scots, I would assume, and first of all, she's talking about a little place on the North Shore called Scott's, uh, what was the, the Scott's coffee bar? What was it? What was yeah, the rest of it? The okay. coffee and tapas bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, they, Not topless, topless. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they were, I, I would assume, cause they're kind of gourmet. So they probably were sourcing really interesting coffee is that is that where you first started realizing that all this is not created the same and that this there is something like whoa this tastes really good um well 
actually, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of learn about the difference in, in the, uh, generic type coffee, shelf coffee at the grocery store versus good coffee when I work for CC's. So you and, learned they and, had, they're doing good coffee at CC's. Oh yeah. They had a, a it was a gourmet coffee spinoff and it was a gourmet coffee, uh-huh. uh, gourmet coffee house. And they, they did do uh, specialty coffees oh, and, okay. and they did single origins and blends that were different from their red bag. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize but that. But then it, it it did um, get more sophisticated from there. From that was in 1998. To fast forward to when the Scots opened in you know mid 2000s, and and that coffee became, you know, the coffee that they were sourcing was much better. It had become much better than what you could get, you know, in, in what earlier. other people were calling specialty coffee, like at Starbucks or yeah. CCs. And, All right, we, and wait, we, Margo, we, we need to take a break. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with Margo Brignac from uh, Flam Joe Coffee. I want to get into some specific areas and some beans. But you know what? There's a, there's a friend of mine whose dad has a saying, and, and what you just said about how people don't really care that much, just give me whatever. Um, there's a saying that a friend of mine's dad had, which was pretty much, true about food he'd say fills a hole and i think that people i think people do that all right we'll take a break and we'll be right back basil's ace hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years that's when i first got my big green egg which i use more than ever lately fred also has traeger grills and weber grills and all the accessories for them charcoal and pellets and propane as well as rubs and grilling utensils Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork pork, sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Yes, indeed. So I can only tell half of that story. Um, So there's a, a guy that I know whose dad talks about food that way. And we had dinner with somebody last week and he said, you know, most people just really don't care. I think it's true. I think most people really don't care. So you're roasting for the people who really do care, but you care and it's, it's nice to care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
it's nice to care. It is. Okay, so you started you started in the little building where you are now. When did you actually create Flam Joe Coffee? Because I I just noticed it recently. So how old is the company? Uh, we are uh, four years old. Uh, I will have been here in August. It'll be my uh, three years here in this building. I started, though, in the boatyard, uh, North Shore Marine out on Bayou Castine. Uh, I started roasting there, and that was my, oh my the beginning. And then when this became available, I moved over here. Hmm. I don't even know where Bayou Castine is. I don't even know what boat no, you're Is that in Slidell? Are you talking in Slidell? It's, in, it's here in Mandeville, in old Mandeville. Mm -hmm. huh. I worked okay. at the boatyard before I, I made the plunge, and, and I, I rented some space from him, and, and then I, I uh, went into it full-time, and that's where I started. And then roasting the coffee and uh, getting the permits from the city and that sort of thing. And then once this became available, because I outgrew the space, I, I moved over here. Okay. So your space, exactly. if you outgrew that space, if you saw her, her space now, it's the size of your bedroom. So I don't know how tiny the little casting place was, but I would, you're going to stay in this space for a while though, right? It's working for you. Okay. Right now, huh? Oh yes. This is a great yeah. space. I love it. And, and you have a retail operation that like a person could, could go and buy your coffee there. Is that, is that limited to certain times of the day or the, how does that work? If a person wanted to go buy retail out of your shop? Right. So, so I do production and packaging here and I also have a little retail spot where people can come in and buy the beans. And, uh, also I have it set up as, well, my business model is a more interactive workspace. So if people come in while I'm roasting, then we can talk about roasting and I'll give the tour and, and they can watch the roasting process and, and we can talk about coffee. She's anxious and, to make everyone a coffee nerd, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? But it is so interesting. Tell the story that you told me about the beans from India and the difference in the color and why mm -hmm. it is that way and, and why in, in England they use they have to go through a special process to make them the same well actually so this we, we uh most currently i have and I, I like to rotate in different and new coffees exotic coffees and the one i have right now because it was interesting to me is from india and it's from malabar on the west coast of india and back in the day when they used to ship coffee to uh, europe to consume uh, it would go through some changes in season, and mostly, you know, it would the monsoon season would be in there somewhere, and it would change the the color and the texture and, and the flavor and the size of the bean. Because it, it was dumped there, in the bottom of a boat, right? Right. It was in the cargo area of the ship, and it would just receive all the winds, all the moisture, all the temperature changes, and this is how it would end up when it got there. And the people in Europe didn't actually mind it. It was fine. But it would start off as one kind of bean and end up as another one through the transportation process. And then once transportation improved, uh, they, they were shipping the coffee. However, it wasn't ending up 
it wasn't arriving in the same state in the European. It's almost like a white bean, isn't it? It it looks almost yeah, white. It is, and when it's roasted, it's almost like a caramel color. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so, um, when when transportation improved, at some point later, uh, they they would ship the coffee to Europe, and the Europeans said, well, "Wait a minute, it's different." And they said, "Well, what do you mean it's different? Well, it's different than it was before." And they realized it's because you know, they, they were able to control more what was going on on the boat when it was traveling. So now what they do is they emulate that process there before they ship it. So they leave it out while it's processing during the monsoon season so it can receive that moisture and the winds and the temperature changes and everything that happens during that to give it the same effect. So it's a very interesting coffee. Uh, it, it's it's a very interesting flavor profile, something different than anything else I have. And, and that's, that's a, and my customers like that. They always want to know, okay, what's new? What do you have new mm-hmm. this month? Mm-hmm. So they do care and it's good when you find other people who care. So, uh, you have a, you said you have a, a light roast, a dark roast. I mean, you have a lot of different varieties for a tiny little space like yours. So what do you have? I have coffee from about eight origins, but mostly from Central and South America. And part of what I wanted to do was to showcase good coffee that people don't really think about when uh, they go into a coffee shop and order coffee. Uh, they, they're they used to the same Colombia, Ethiopia, you know, Kenya. These, these are more common uh, coffees. Mm-hmm. So I try to find the ones that are a little bit, you know, that, that are just as good that people don't know as much about. And, and roast them single origin versus blending them together so that people know what they're actually drinking. Mm-hmm. And then they can recognize that when they go somewhere else and they can take some, a lot of the guessing out of what they like. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of coffees are, are blended and there's not anything wrong with that. It's just that there's a lot of coffee out there that is really good on its own. Yeah. So you do a light roast, a dark roast, a medium roast. What else do you have? Um, I do a little between roast called medium dark. I do a French roast and I do a decaf and a Swiss water process is what I use. And I do coffee and chicory. What is a French roast? I hear that a lot and I'm not a coffee drinker, but I am kind of curious. What is a French roast? Well, French roast is beyond dark roast, and it just uh, actually is breaking down the bean in the process. It's one of the darkest beans that you can roast, one of the darker roast levels that you can you can get out of the roaster. And it, it brings out the oils in the bean, and it just gives it a really, really roasty flavor. Mm-hmm. Typically, typically, and it's not required, a lot of espresso is uh, prepared using a really, really oily roast, like a French roast. I see. Okay. All right. So a French, uh, espresso is different than cappuccino in what way? Because I don't know the difference. <laughs> uh, well, espresso, uh, cappuccino is actually an espresso-based drink. Uh, so It's with, with it's the, the milk, and the other one is not milk, yeah. right? Right. So an espresso, if you're just going to drink a shot of espresso, is just coffee. If you drink a cappuccino, then you're adding in some steamed milk and some foam. 
Okay. If you're drinking a latte, you add in steamed milk. So there's ba- there's espresso-based drinks that utilize, you know, espresso prepared by the brew method of espresso, or you have regular drip coffee drinks, or you have cold brew. I mean, there's really what is cold about- brew? That's becoming really, really popular. What what is that? Well, cold brew is a steep method of um, coffee preparation. So what you do is you just grind the coffee very, very coarse, and then you soak it in water overnight. And what you're left with is a nice concentrate of flavor-forward coffee that you can either dilute with water or you can dilute it with milk or your favorite dairy or non-dairy product. So it's, it's, really, it's, it's not roast. It, it's not roasted, or it is roasted. It is. It's using roasted coffee. And the and the main um, the main misunderstood thing about cold brew is that it's not. People think that you have to drink it cold, but the cold brew really what that means is that it's brewed with cold water. It's a cold water brew. Uh, method. It's not hot water brew, like a coffee pot. Or and a how does that press. change the flavor or the texture or anything? How, what is it? What's the difference? Well, because because it steeps overnight, it just uh, the coffee grinds that you know the it absorbs all the water, and you put a lot of water in there so it can absorb um, the uh, coffee grinds, and then what, what you're left with is a very very nice concentrate. So just think about anything that's concentrated versus you know, mm-hmm. watered down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just a nice coffee-forward flavor that is just very rich in flavor and just really uh, has a whole different, whole different flavor. It's, mm-hmm. And it uses twice as much coffee. Um, you know, so you could you a, take a cold brew and make it hot after it's steeped? And is there any yep. advantage to that? Yes. A lot of people use uh, cold brewed coffee for hot coffee based okay. drinks. Okay. Yes. You can so they do then take the, the extra steeped flavor and heat it mm-hmm. up because they prefer heating coffee rather than like the idea of drinking a cold coffee seems a little weird to me i don't drink coffee at all but right. i it seems like it would be weird to have coffee be cold yeah and, and well, i don't really know about- why i'm even saying that because tea i drink tea i'm an iced tea drinker but i also drink hot tea so i don't know why i'm you know being weird about coffee because i would imagine it works the same way i i think that we just typically think of coffee being a hot drink, yeah. which is my yeah. preferred way of drinking coffee all year long. Yeah. Uh, but some people, I think that I think that the cold brew may be a generational thing. Um, ah. You know, actually, yes. cold brew is there's really a lot of that. <laughs> all right, yeah. we have to take a break. We have to take a break. We're going to come back with Margot Brignac, and we'll close up with her. It's three thirty time for the network news. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. A broad low-pressure system in the Bay of Campeche now has a high chance of developing at least into a tropical depression over the next five days. State climatologist Barry Kimes says the system will hang around the south of us before trekking northward into the upper gulf later this week. And many of the models are taking the storm to Louisiana with a, with a landfall sometime around Sunday morning. 
Time is not expecting this system to develop into a hurricane. And Lafouche Parish Sheriff spokesperson Brennan Mathurin says the arrest of 78-year-old Chester Vegas of Cutoff for the alleged murder of his wife 44 years ago is probably the oldest cold case the department has solved before. Then 32-year-old Diane Vegas was found shot in the back in 1977. And while Chester Vegas was always a suspect... We reopened the investigation some 44 years later in October of 2020 and uh, obtained new information that... That uh, ultimately led us to obtain probable cause and an arrest warrant. Louisiana Radio Network. This summer, the COVID-19 vaccine is your ticket to hit the road. Explore Louisiana and get in free at all state parks. That's right. Choose to get the COVID-19 vaccine and you'll get free admission to all state parks this summer. So let's bring back those fun-filled Louisiana road trips by choosing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Call 1-855-453-0774 or visit covidvaccine.la.gov. Offer good through July 31st, 2021. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Whether you live in New Orleans or New Roads, Cheneyville or Lake Charles, agriculture makes a big difference in your daily life. That's why the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is here to protect our precious food supply chain at the local, state and national levels. Become a part of our grassroots network. Visit LAFarmBureau.org to join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Yes, thank you, Tom. I want to, do you have about 10 minutes you can stay with us, Margo? Can, sure. Okay. All right, I want to go through the different roasts and what makes them different. So a light roast is what? A light, a light roast is not roasted as long. So when you're roasting coffee... Each batch should take anywhere between 12 to 15 minutes. And whether or not you, you're you roasting it light or the darkest on the spectrum, you, you roast it within that time frame. So say, for instance, a light roast is going to be roasted to a lower degree of temperature, but it still should take 12 minutes to 15 minutes. And so what that does, the resulting flavor profile is that it one retains more of the caffeine, and two, it it brings out more of the flavor of the bean. It doesn't have that much of a roasty flavor. It's just a lighter, lighter tasting coffee. Does it look lighter in the cup when you brew oh, it? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and this would this would apply color. to any bean, no matter how you, you know, no matter what where it's from or what its or, or it, original color is. 
this would apply to any bean? Correct. Okay. All right. So what's a medium roast? It's, it's huge. It's, is this just like a, a toaster when you turn it up and you, you know, toast it for the same amount of time, but it, it applies more heat. And so you get right. a different, right. Okay. It's just a, a higher temperature. And okay. so you, you just roast it a little bit longer, but you have to kind of manipulate the heat a little bit more in the beginning and so that it doesn't apply too much heat too soon. But okay. it's, a, it's a lot like cooking. And then medium dark is, so um, medium-dark is when you're taking it a little bit past medium and right before you get to dark roast. And okay. between that time, there's going to be what we call the first crack. And the first crack is it's kind of like popcorn. You know how popcorn pops when you, mm-hmm. when you make yeah. popcorn? It's releasing water. It's doing some chemical changes. And that's the first crack. The first crack is your first chemical change, your first, your first progression in the roast. After a first crack, that's where you, de- you determine your development of the bean. Uh, so for medium dark, you're going to go past first crack, but you're not going to go to quite to second crack because there are two cracks. The second crack would be your dark roast. That's where you start talking, you're thinking about dark roast. Huh. Okay. So it's an in-between. And- you get a little bit of flavor. You get a little bit of the, the nuances of the bean in it still, but you also get a little round out, rounded out roasted flavor at the end. I see. And so the uh, the French roast would be, if you had a toaster, it would be all the way at the end. Oh, yeah. You turn okay. it all the way up. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And, and coffee and chicory, when you roast coffee, do you put, I, I, I hate to sound stupid, but do you put the chicory in the roaster at the same time? Oh, no. And this, okay. this, you know, it sounds stupid. There are no stupid questions. And chicory is actually, it's endive root. Right, you know, yeah. You have this in your salad. So that comes ground. And as far as I know, it only comes from two oh, places. Okay. It comes from France, and there is a domestic source here okay. where I get it. And uh, it comes So that's already direct. roasted when you apply it. Right, correct. Okay. It, it, it arrives to me roasted and ground. So I have to uh. roast the coffee. And then I have to grind it to match the size of the, the chicory, and then I blend it together afterwards. I see. Okay. All right. So where can you get your coffee, and what are your immediate goals for growth? Okay. So I have um, my coffee is placed in a few coffee shops here in the North Shore, the Book and the Bean on Gerard at Kona Coffee at the Beach House and at St. John's Coffee House in Covington. And I also service some, you know, bed and breakfasts around here. And, uh, but mostly on, on Saturday mornings, I'm at the Mandeville Market from 9 to 1. Now, this is all aside from anyone that who can come to, the, to the, what I call the lab and pick up coffee at the retail spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, am in Rouse's uh, in the CBD on Barone Street. They have a select, uh, a, a small selection of coffee there, four roast levels that I stock there. Uh, right now, it's just the one Rouse's. I just um, picked up uh, some Robert's Fresh Market, so I'm working on getting some coffee there, three locations in, in the city. And... Um, I'm at a t- Artigues Abita Market in, a- in Abita Springs, and um, I believe that's it. 
right now. Oh, and I sponsor the uh, Madisonville Market. It's a maker's market in Madisonville every Sunday. And my coffee is sold there um, at the concession stand. Okay, so primarily you're on the North Shore, but you're moving to the South Shore as well. Yes. Okay. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. I have something in my throat. I'm going to have to take a break. So we're just going to go ahead and say goodbye. Uh, I appreciate your coming on. I think uh, coffee roasting, I wish I liked coffee because it's such a fascinating thing. <laughs> but I know a lot um, of people do, and I figured they'd be interested in hearing about you. So uh, congratulations well, yeah. on the whole thing. What? I was just going to say, it's not unusual about not drinking coffee. I hear that a lot. So do you really? It's not unusual at all. Yes, huh. I do. I thought yes. I was like the so, only person in the world who doesn't drink coffee. No, it's not unusual at all. No. Hmm. Okay. So. Well, there's well, certainly so enough people who are passionate about it to have you thrive. Yeah. And so I wish you well. And, uh, and it's exciting. I like to see artisan products uh, in, in the world. Of, we're an artisan world now. So it's really, it's, it's, there's, it's everywhere. You know, everything is artisan, but it's because it's so interesting. So, you know, yeah. good for, good well, for all of you. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you, and I, I thank you for having me on the show and let me talk a little bit about this. And um, I hope to see you again. Yep, we'll we'll be in touch. All right, take care. That's Margot Brignac from one of the cleverest named businesses I've heard in a while, Flam Joe Coffee. That is spelled F L A M J E A U X. She hits them all, Flam Joe Coffee. You can find it on both sides of the lake. And uh, if you are a coffee drinker, it's certainly worth investigating. I'm going to take a break and get something to drink, and I'll be right back. One of my favorite roast beef poor boys isn't a poor boy place at all. DiMartino's is a wonderful restaurant with traditional Italian food and excellent fish and chicken dishes, as well as the muffalettas for which they are known. With three locations on the West Bank that are more casual, the Covington restaurant feels upscale with good food and great prices. It's a winner. DiMartino's Covington, Marrero, Algiers, and Terrytown. DiMartino's.com. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. Night and day, you are the one. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Tom. 556-9696 is the number. I haven't even gotten to the almanac yet. Too much to talk about today, but I want to mention that Jack Mel Inn is a place you should try if you are looking for that kind of pinnacle of a dining experience. We were talking earlier about Commander's Palace, and I was saying that it is in a lofty spot in the tier of restaurants. But the food that I had, I'm not gonna think about again, which is not something you would expect from that tier of restaurants. Jack Mellon is in the tier of restaurants that is maybe not as well known, but I guarantee you'll think about that food again. Jack Millard is a little bit harder 
to access than on the South Shore. It is in Hammond. We have a listener base in Hammond, but all around the area. So for those people in Hammond, not so far. For the rest of us, a destination, but well worth it if you are into excellent food. Jack Mill Inn serves excellent food. Paul Murphy is a terrific restaurateur. He's been at it for 43 years. He and his brother, they're from New York originally, uh, started Jack Mill Inn. It is a charming cottage with uh, fireplaces and nooks and crannies for a romantic evening, but a terrific wine list because Paul's quite the enophile and a fantastic chef, Josh Garrick. Jack Mel Inn is a great place for brunch, for a wedding, for a special party, steak night tomorrow night, special on Friday, two courses for lunch, $15 of great food. It is a place where you are still getting a salad complimentary with your entree, and it's not a throwaway salad. It's really good stuff. Jack Mellon is located at 903 East Morris in, in Hammond, between East and West versions of Highway 90. Make a reservation at 985-542-0043. That's Jack Mel Inn. Let's go to Mike. Hello. Hello. Your guest brought back some memories. Cold uh -oh. Brew has been around. Cold Brew has been around for a long time. I was doing Cold Brew probably 35 years ago, mm. and it was really interesting because, to the best of my knowledge, these coffee cold co coffee concentrates that are so readily available in the supermarket that wasn't that wasn't the case back then. Okay, you didn't really see that. Yeah. And. The device that I bought, I think I actually got it from like a PJ's or something. It was a really interesting little device. It was nothing more than a plastic bucket. And the bottom of this bucket had an insert that had a fiber reusable filter in it. And it had a hole underneath that with a rubber plug in it. And that was one part of it. The other part was a glass decanter. So used to take, I used to take a whole pound of coffee at a time, and I don't remember the proportion of water, but like she said, you use a lot more water than you would think you would use because the grinds absorb a lot of the water. And whatever the time period was recommended that you soak it overnight or 36 hours or whatever, at the end of that time, you simply pulled the plug out of the bottom over the top of the carafe, the coffee dripped into the carafe, you covered the carafe, and you put it in your refrigerator, and you had coffee anytime you wanted hmm. without having to brew individual cups. Mm -hmm. And it was really quite good. It was I, I found it very different than, than regular brewed, hot brewed coffee. It was very smooth, very, very, very smooth. I don't think it brought out the oils the way um, regular conventionally drip coffee did. Now... As she said also, you could use this either as an extract to heat up and make your regular coffee or your cafe au lait or whatever, or you could combine it with milk and, and drink it over ice and, and, and have, you know, cold, cold coffee. It was good either way. So it's, it's been here a long time, you know, and, and I, I don't see it nearly as much because of the availability of the coffee in the stores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people are actually doing this at home anymore. Do you? Then, no, no. I, I, it was just a phase it's I went a through. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I, did, I probably did it for five years, you know. Uh -huh. I enjoyed it at the time. 
But I make coffee every morning. I make very strong. I mean, I'm very much on the same page as Tom with my coffee. Uh-huh. I've had ca- Cafe Olay for the last 20 years. And, uh, you know, I warm my milk and I make my very strong coffee and chicory. And I combine. I used to watch them at Morning Call. And what I noticed at Morning Call was is that they would have one of those very long nozzle containers with the coffee, the ink black coffee, and a, one of the long nozzle containers with the milk. And they would pour it simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And that's when I came to the conclusion that that's how you got a delicious cup of coffee is you basically made, even coffee. by doing it hot, you made it basically a coffee extract, and then you diluted that out with hot milk, about the mm-hmm. same quantity of hot milk, and then you got a really rich, flavorful cup of coffee. Been doing that a long time. Poor Tom and, uh, has to have me make his coffee now, and I don't know the first thing about coffee, so he's not drinking as much coffee as he was drinking. But in the days when Tom was drinking his coffee, I never did pay much attention to this, but when I started doing Tom's coffee, it was kind of a full-time job. <laughs> and and uh, I didn't realize how much coffee he drank, but he drank it all day long. And I think that he was doing pretty much a half-and-half half kind of thing. He was doing right. about as much milk as he was coffee. Is that what you do? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. But okay. you see, you, the only only way that works is if you make really strong coffee. Yes, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, he always liked the Union coffee, and I do too, but it's mm-hmm. considerably more expensive than, than, like, CDM or whatever. And uh, But if you make, like, you make the coffee twice as strong as you would make it if you were going to drink it black. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty strong, okay? Yeah. And then when you dilute, when you dilute it out with the hot milk, then you know it works out just fine. It's it's a lot richer than making a relatively weak cup of coffee with a tablespoon of cream in it, for instance. Yeah, you know? well, it's kind of like a cappuccino in a way, I guess. It's not foamed it milk, it's, but it's, it's, it's it's very close to to what you would yeah. get with a cappuccino. Now, you know, that's another thing I wanted to touch on. She talked a lot about roast. But she didn't really talk too much about grind, okay? There are various grinds of coffee. She did mm-hmm. mention it when she blends it with the chicory that she tries to match the grind of the coffee to the grind of the chicory. Mm-hmm. But to, I'm no expert on espresso, but to the best of my knowledge, in, in, in addition to espresso being very dark roasted, maybe even like she said to the point of French roasting, it's a very, very fine grind, almost like a powder. Mm-hmm. And the reason the reason is, is you're shooting steam through this. Yeah. So yeah. you want to be able to penetrate. You want to be able to suck out everything that's in that without leaving anything behind. And you're only going to accomplish that with a very fine grind that is able to be, um, you know, used immediately. But the, with the, just the, the steam moving through it almost, you know, within a minute's time or less. It's an and endlessly then, fascinating thing. I mean, I don't even drink yeah. coffee, but I find it fascinating. And then they always have the little steam device on the espresso machine that you steam the milk. Yeah. And it yeah. gives you that little bit of froth or that little bit of foam on the top. Yeah. But Cafe Olay done right comes very close to that, at least in my opinion. And I, I do definitely prefer coffee and chicory over, over just plain pure coffee. Now, what do you think about all these frou-frou blends that are happening now? I, I think there's a lot there to be appreciated, but again... I like chicory in my coffee. You're traditionalist, yeah. Well, it gives coffee a bite that you don't get without chicory. So I was weaned on it. You know, we started drinking coffee when we were single digits. You know, I remember my mother had a percolator, 
and that mm-hmm. coffee would just go, a, per, a, a percolator, you remember a percolator, A cheap right? little percolator, yeah, I was at my sister's yeah. the other day, and she had my mom's old coffee pot, and I went, oh my gosh, I recognize that, she said, yeah, you well, don't have to have an expensive got, thing. Hmm? It got, well, it got so strong, because it went through the grinds over, and over, and over, and over again, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that's the way that the, the device worked. So we, we were weaned on strong coffee, and we used to drink it with pet milk, evaporated milk, and about three teaspoons of sugar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how they did it in my house, although I didn't drink it. Go ahead, what? I said I was probably doing that when I was seven years old. So oh, wow. It's been, been part of my life for a long time, you know, strong wow. coffee. <laughs> so oh. I guess that's all well, I got today. I don't but, think uh, I, did, well, I did. Was, I was about to say I did chocolate. She was very interesting, and where, where is this lo- location of where she's at, where she does the actual You know where New Valaris is? It's right next door to Luton New Valaris. Oh, okay. Right, a I'll little, tiny, little place right next door to New Valaris, right across from, I think, is that the Grateful Ape? Yeah, right there. Yeah, you've probably know, been to the Grateful Ape a few times, huh? No, I don't recall that. But I, Oh, I look, do. as a wine guy, you ought to go there. You'd be interested in that place. What's it called again? Grape, as in grape, grapeful uh, ape. No, I've never even heard of that. I guess I passed it a million times and never paid attention to it. Yeah, well, it's, um, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna make it a point to go over there. I would actually like to see her roasting some coffee and smell it because I know it's a wonderful. She would smell. love it. She would and, love uh, it. I can get I can get some coffee and chicory from her while I'm there. You know. Yeah, she. I think you should you should check because I think it, she roasts. She says on the door that. Um, if you smell coffee roasting, she's there. There are certain hours that she's there, or by appointment. So, right. so be okay. you know be specific about that, unless you're just passing through and you're going to try it that way. What about a website? Does she have one that you know of? I believe so. I, uh, uh, doesn't everyone have a website? Who doesn't yeah, have a website? Yep, just now? about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good All right. Take week. care. Bye bye. All right, 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris here, ready to talk to you. Haven't done anything on the Almanac today. It's been kind of a busy day. It is National Strawberry Shortcake Day. So I've got these strawberries from the last best batch of Louisiana strawberries, and I'm treating them like gold. And I... um, I've got them in the freezer, and I'm going to make a strawberry shortcake, but I don't think I'm going to make it today, but I don't want it to go too long, because then I don't want the strawberries to be frozen too long. I forgot to get into the dessert part of our, our meal from Commander's Palace. Uh, Tom ordered something called a peaches and cream, which was... Um, I was, I was, you know, in a celebratory mood, because we were with our dear friend... And um, everybody was eating dessert, so I got the, um, they have their uh, pecan pie on the menu. They have their Creole bread pudding souffle, and then they have a Creole cream cheese cheesecake. And I guess they had a special last night, because it's not on the dessert, no, it is on the dessert menu. Um Georgia peaches and cream, Creole bread pudding souffle, Southern style pecan pie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, I wish I had a, a button for this, but I don't. We're at home, so excuse me. 
um, a Southern style pecan pie a la mode, a Creole cream cheese cheesecake, Georgia peaches and cream, and cookies and cream. Dark chocolate cookie dough between warm chocolate chip cookies dipped in melted piety and desire chocolate with Malden sea salt duck fat caramel. I don't think they even mentioned that. Miso butter crunch ice cream and white chocolate coated corn flakes. Wow. See, that's pretty, that's pretty serious. Georgia peaches and cream is what Tom got. He got a toasted cardamom sweet Georgia peach jam layered with vanilla peach custard and honey and granola served chilled with fresh ponchatoula blueberries. I thought that was interesting and really kind of tart and sweet at the same time. I only took one bite of it, but it didn't intrigue me enough to keep eating it. And I was, I was eating my pecan pie. I love pecan pie. It's, it's maybe the only dessert that I would eat other than chocolate something. Although I do like that coconut cream pie if I see it. But um, this was, uh, again, not as good as I remember the pecan pie being in the past. Not as large a serving. And um, otherwise, though, it was fine. I mean, it was, a, it was a good pecan pie. And that was our dessert course. The other two had, they split a bread pudding souffle, which they ordered immediately. I remember when Tom was talking about the bread pudding. When the, when the bread pudding souffle thing started, it started at Commander's. And uh, Tom was all titillated about the idea that you had to order this souffle ahead of time. And then you got it much later. And uh, I had it once or twice. It didn't move me particularly. Um, but that doesn't really kind of move me. I, you know what I like? I like the, um, the chocolate... The, the exploding stuff in the middle, you know, when it, it was, it's kind of like a souffle cake, but um, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it was, it was hot for a while. It was uh, a chocolate cake that had gooey middle to it. And I, I like that well enough, but generally speaking, I just sort of stay away from desserts. But this peaches and cream thing was interesting for sure. I think it was more interesting than good because I don't even know if Tom finished it. But the souffle, the bread pudding souffle, um, was not what it usually was either. So I said the whole thing was kind of not what it usually was. But again, you can't really say what if this is COVID-related or not. So a lot, of interesting, a lot of interesting thoughts over the weekend. Let's just put it that way. Um, anyway, it's National Strawberry Shortcake Day. If you want to have a strawberry shortcake... Very quickly, Tom says about strawberry shortcakes, you can buy strawberries all year round. Strawberry shortcake is a little more prevalent now too. We love it at our house because it tastes good and its preparation involves three things we've always either buying or making, strawberries, whipped cream, and shortcakes. A true shortcake is not the Twinkie-like cake that came to be used for this dessert decades ago, but more like a biscuit. 
We take them, bake them exactly as we do biscuits we make for breakfast, except that we use half and half instead of buttermilk and about three tablespoons of sugar per cup of flour. If you do not want to go through the trouble of making your own from scratch strawberry shortcake, and you should because it's not hard, you know who I'll bet you? Uh, the GW Finn's Biscuit Mix is and they make it makes great pancakes but it also um would make a good strawberry shortcake it's a sweet biscuit that's it for the show for today we have our platform nomenu.com we'd love for you to check it out n-o-m-e-n-u.com you can go there and find hundreds of recipes old reviews of restaurants you can find the Dining Diaries, the Almanac that we use as a blueprint for the show, Tom's incredible archival amount of work over 50 years of New Orleans food and food in general. I'd love for you to sign up for the newsletter if you go there. Sign up for the newsletter, which will come up twice a week, right to your inbox. These very same things we're talking about in addition to um, specials around town. The list, I forgot about the list of restaurants that are open. That's also on nomenu.com as well as the podcasts. If you miss some of the show today or any other day, the podcasts are up on the front page under the food show. We also have our Instagram page. Please follow us at the New Orleans menu. We have uh, the show that I would love for you to pass on to someone. Please tell them about the show. It's an escape from everything else that's out there. We'd love to have you and pass the show idea on, and uh, people will, I think, be grateful because they can escape too. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show, and we're done. WGSO New Orleans. It's 4 o'clock. See you tomorrow. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden thinks his America is back message resonated at this week's NATO summit. Biden hosting a news conference in Brussels also saying that he believes a Republican Party is fractured. The Republican Party is vastly diminished in numbers. The leadership of the Republican Party is fractured. And the Trump wing of the party is the bulk of the party but it makes up a significant minority of the American people. President Biden was over two hours late for that NATO news conference with no explanation from the White House as for why the extended delay. Energy officials are urging Texans to conserve energy as electric demand could outpace supply Monday as temperatures continue to rise across the state. This is USA Radio News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes.
Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE, 833-34-BIBLE. Lawmakers in the House are returning to Capitol Hill on Monday. Republicans are expected to force a censure vote of Democrat Congressman Ilhan Omar or remove her from her Foreign Relations Committee. This after Omar tweeted, We have seen unthinkable atrocities committed by the U.S., Hamas, Israel, Afghanistan, and the Taliban, along with her video questioning Secretary of State Tony Blinken during the day of a House hearing. Omar did apologize for the tweet, and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, tells CNN, Nothing to see here, and everything is fine. We did not uh, rebuke her. We thanked, uh, acknowledged that she made a clarification. What I'm saying is, is end of subject. She clarified, we thanked her, end of subject. What other people go out and say is up to them. The TSA is reporting an average of 2 million people were screened at airports over the weekend. That's the highest number of screenings since the coronavirus pandemic began. USA Radio News. We are having a party. It's WGSO's 75th anniversary party. And we're looking for all of you to come celebrate with us. If you're a local business, take advantage of this opportunity to be a sponsor for our big 75th anniversary party. We have great sponsorship packages offering tremendous benefits for our partners. If you're interested, contact me, Jeff Cruer, at jeff at WGSO.com or 504-669-6076. The Sazerac House is now open at 101 Magazine Street at the corner of Canal and Magazine in the heart of downtown New Orleans. You're cordially invited to experience timeless traditions and history that's worth repeating. Enjoy complimentary self-guided tours, interactive cocktail exhibits, spirit tastings, and experience the production of Sazerac rye whiskey and Peixos bitters right on site. And don't miss the Sazerac House's retail store with one-of-a-kind gifts and novelties sure to please anyone. For more information, visit www.sazerac.com. It's going to be dry overnight outside of any leftover possible stray storm of the afternoon with all the heat about. We're going to be under a muggy warm night and a hot day returning tomorrow with limited chances of thunderstorms. Early morning, 70s to 80. Scattered thunderstorms with all the heat having those pop up tomorrow as temperatures go to the mid-90s to the upper 90s. And I feel like temperatures at 105, 110 degree range. Scattered storms Wednesday, perhaps a little less hot. The highs of lower to mid-90s. Thinking about retirement? Make sure a My Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. Welcome to the New Orleans Dine, Wine, and Spirits Show, your daily opportunity to hear what's going on in the world of beverage and dining in New Orleans and around the world. Your host is Tim McNally. Tim welcomes your phone calls and your questions. Call 504-556-9696. 
Now, here's your host, Tim McNally. All right, here's the word. If you want the weather forecast, hot. No, I'm telling you, it is hot. No kidding. 91 degrees out there, but it feels like 98. And if you add a couple more degrees,